I am Bishop Robert Gruss, a bishop of the Diocese of Rapid City. In late May of 2015, the Diocese of Rapid City began an envisioning process meant to assist in clearly defining a course for ministry for the diocese for the next three to five years. The outcome of this process would help to focus and strengthen the resources of the diocese so that more effective ministry could be carried out in building up the church in western South Dakota. From this planning process came the diocesan priority plan, outlining a carefully defined mission statement to serve as the foundation. It also produced a set of core values that guides how we conduct ourselves as a diocese, a five-year vision statement to direct our plans, three major priorities for the diocese with supporting goals, and goals for the foundational ministries of the church in western South Dakota. In July of 2016, I completed a pastoral letter, Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan. This document clearly defines the priority plan, and I have invited and encouraged everyone in the diocese to read and fully engage this pastoral plan so that, as our sacred mission states, each of us can do our part in attracting and forming intentional disciples who joyfully, boldly, and lovingly proclaim and live the mission of Jesus Christ leading to eternal life. What you are about to hear is a reading from Through Him, With Him, and In Him, a spiritual guide to the diocesan priority plan, followed by a group discussion with a panel of laymen and women and me. Chapter 4. Values are a form of communication. We begin this chapter with a quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. It's paragraph number 1776. Deep within his conscience, man discovers a law which he has not laid upon himself, but which he must obey. Its voice ever calling him to love and to do what is good and to avoid evil, sounds in his heart as the right moment. For man has in his heart a law inscribed by God. His conscience is man's most secret core and his sanctuary. There he is alone with God, whose voice echoes in his depths. End of quote. The Catechism of the Catholic Church describes the natural law as a participation in God's wisdom and goodness by which man is formed in God's image and likeness. This innate law expresses the dignity of the human person and forms the basis of his fundamental rights and duties. The love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. When formed by the gospel of love, we not only grow in virtue, but the values which guide and direct our way of life become important in living this gospel of love. Personal values are implicitly related to choice. 
They influence and guide our attitudes, our behaviors, and our decisions. They serve as guiding principles in how we choose to live out our call to discipleship. They reflect gospel values and profoundly influence wholeness and holiness of life. Our values also affect how we interact, communicate, and behave as disciples of Jesus, as parish communities, and as a diocese in carrying out our sacred mission. In the envisioning process, the team identified a set of core values, selected from many worthy options, which are named, defined, and illustrated in the diocesan priority plan. These values are so important that they should be exemplified in every person, family, ministry, and organization across the diocese. They will lead to holiness and wholeness of life, helping us to become more completely who God has created us to be. Because values guide our attitudes, our behaviors, and our decisions, the envisioning team also identified behaviors which exemplify these values. These behaviors are not meant to be exhaustive, but are some examples which all people in the diocese are encouraged to embrace with real enthusiasm. You may have other behaviors which you already practice that are of great value in your personal and spiritual life. It is very clear that the environment has great influence in forming the human person. People are formed by the things around them, for better or for worse. What we watch, what we read, the music we listen to, the various social media technologies that we use, all of these form us into who we are. The secular culture, in many ways, is very instrumental in forming our thoughts, opinions, attitudes, and behaviors often without the person being aware of it. Any particular value can be revealed in what a person says and how they act. As Dick Lyles, radio host of the Catholic Business Hour, puts it, quote, Don't tell me what you believe. Let me observe you for a week and I'll tell you what you believe. End of quote. In other words, values form our behaviors and our behaviors let others know what we believe, what is important to us. When we allow the behaviors listed in this plan and other similar behaviors to become a part of our daily lives, the values which they represent become more evident and embody more clearly the fact that we have been formed in the gospel. We can only imagine the impact on our families, our parish communities, and our diocese if every Catholic was motivated to embrace the core values and behaviors listed in the plan. There would be a spiritual awakening all across the diocese. Here are some questions for you to reflect upon. 1. What values guide my life? 2. Who is a person I admire? What do their behaviors tell me about their values? 3. If someone were observing my behaviors, 
what values would they say that I live by? And four, what values might lead me and others to holiness? Chapter five, core values. We begin with a passage from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 34 to 40. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. Gospel values are the basis for living an authentic Christian life and answering the universal call to holiness and being a living witness of Jesus Christ in the world. Living gospel values is the primary way in which we live our faith. We cannot love God above all things and our neighbor as ourselves unless we embrace these values necessary to form us into authentic and intentional disciples. The envisioning team spent much time determining the core values listed in this priority plan. Obviously, there are many more that could easily be included. However, the process allowed the team to winnow it down so as not to be overwhelming. The goal was to create a list for this plan that based on the input from the listening sessions across the diocese would help guide a formational path moving forward. The list is not meant to be exhaustive, but to provide a framework of values to help define more clearly how we as a diocese seeking the kingdom of God must conduct ourselves as disciples of Jesus Christ. Core Values and Behaviors In providing a framework of values to be embraced, the envisioning team placed them in a progressive order. Doing so does not diminish the importance of any of them. The order in which they are listed does not mean that one has greater value than the other before it. These core values are listed as they are because they build upon one another. Prayer is listed first because it provides a secure foundation for the remaining values. Stewardship is listed second because it is at the heart of discipleship. When we live an authentic life of stewardship, it leads to being in solidarity with others. As we live in solidarity with others, mercy becomes the core value that leads us to live out compassion and forgiveness. When we forgive others and offer mercy, we are more free to be instruments of charity. These values are first learned within the context of family life and are ways in which marriage and family life can be strengthened. While the core values are important, so too 
or the behaviors which exemplify these values. The behaviors are specific actions which every person and family in the diocese is encouraged to live daily with real enthusiasm. These behaviors are not meant to be exhaustive, but are some specific examples that help us live out these core values. Now we will look at the six core values, one at a time, beginning with prayer. The first core value is prayer. Defined as seeking a daily encounter with God in Christ through the Holy Spirit, according to one's own culture, this first value is the very foundation of the Catholic life. If prayer is not the foundation of our life, then we will be unable to build a secure foundation and we will be like a person who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, it collapsed at once and was completely destroyed. Father Henry Nouwen, in his book, In the Name of Jesus, Reflection on Christian Leadership, wrote that at the heart of any Christian leadership is an ardent desire to dwell in God's presence, to listen to God's voice, to look at God's beauty, to touch God's incarnate word, and to taste fully God's infinite goodness. This is innate for all Christians, whether we know it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we practice it or not. It is how God has created each of us. It is a desire that God has placed in our hearts. This desire must come alive in each of us. Pray for it. Most Christians probably think they have a good relationship with the Lord. But the questions to ponder are, Is He really the Lord of our lives? Are we living life in abundance and growing to a mature faith? Living life in abundance or growing in relationship with the Lord is really a process of growing in maturity of faith. We discover this from engaging an active prayer life, engaging a daily relationship with Jesus. In a prayer attributed to Father Pedro Rupe, a former superior general of the Society of Jesus, he points out, quote, Nothing is more practical than finding God that is, falling in love with God in a quite absolute way. What you are in love with, what seizes your imagination, will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning, what you will do with your evenings, how you will spend your weekends, what you read, who you know, or who you hang around with, what breaks your heart, and what amazes you with joy and gratitude. Fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. End of quote. Falling in love with Christ will decide everything. In fact, it reorients one's life, and our salvation depends upon it. The very nature of our creation in God's image and likeness speaks of God's desire for relationship with us. We cannot fall in love with anyone unless we consciously realize that we are in relation to them. In other words, 
we must have established a relationship that is somehow active and engaging, that is desirous of both people, engaged mind to mind, heart to heart. There is a conscious presence to the other in the face of an encounter. Such are the dynamics of an encounter where the love of the other forms us. This encounter with God or Jesus is called prayer. Prayer puts us into relationship with Jesus where we give God permission to love us. At the very heart of it all, prayer is the encounter of God's desire for us united with our desire for God. A life of prayer is the way in which Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, teaches and forms us to be his disciples. In this encounter, we are brought into intimate relationship whereby we humbly listen to his word, share our hearts, offer our praise and worship, seek forgiveness, and sincerely seek God himself, knowing that he loves us, hears us, and will respond in his own way and according to his own will. In the busyness of daily living in our society today, where people are pulled in many different directions, the distractions of life are often what redirects one's focus away from this relationship with the Lord. People often use the excuse of the lack of time as a reason why regular prayer is so challenging. All relationships require discipline and commitment if they are to become intimate and life-giving, including one with the Lord Jesus. Prayer also awakens our hearts that have grown cold by sin. A weakened life of prayer stems from an inactive prayer life that must be reawakened if our faith is to have true meaning in our lives. Archbishop Reno Fisichella, the head of the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization, wrote, quote, Faith has become like smoldering cinders or embers, weakened by sin and secularism. It must be reawakened, fanned into flame. We must help Christians to encounter once again this Jesus, especially those who have left the church. End of quote. A lively faith is the fruit of the lived experience of God's intimate and personal love within one's heart. The first duty of a pastor is to lead people to a deep intimacy with this Trinitarian love, a heart-to-heart -heart close relationship with the Trinity. But if it hasn't happened in the heart of the priest, it will be very difficult to lead others to it. Pope Benedict XVI shared, quote, The faithful expect one thing from priests, that they be specialists in promoting this encounter between God and man. The priest is not asked to be an expert in economics, construction, or politics. He is expected to be an expert in the spiritual life. As the primary educators of their children in the faith, it is imperative that parents teach their children how to engage in a relationship with Jesus through prayer. It is the one way in which they will build a strong and secure foundation, leading to an intimacy with the Lord based on faith and trust. The active engagement of family prayer is also what builds strong and healthy marriages and families.
Daily family prayer was what best models the life of the Holy Trinity. It should be the practice of every Christian family. In prayer, each of us brings our own personality, our own disposition, and our own cultural dimension and practices. People of different races and cultures bring to prayer, their prayer life various forms of prayer which assist them in this encounter with God. Many diverse traditions that are legitimately recognized by the Church not only express the Catholicity of the Church, but also signify and communicate the same mystery of Christ. For all of us, no matter what our cultural practices, prayer is an invitation into a deep encounter with God's unbounded generosity. God never tires of casting open the doors of his heart and of repeating that he loves us and wants to share his life with us. Here are a few behaviors which exemplify this core value of prayer. We will pray unfailingly each day for a renewed personal encounter with Jesus Christ. We will actively join in the celebration of the Sunday Eucharist weekly and regularly participate in the sacramental life of the Church. We will reflect daily with the Word of God. We will turn to our Mother Mary and the saints as models of prayer and intercessors. We will regularly participate in the devotional life of the Church, for example, Eucharistic adoration, the Rosary, the Liturgy of the Hours, Stations of the Cross, and the Divine Mercy Chaplet. All people and families of the diocese are encouraged to reflect upon the habits of their own prayer lives and evaluate the centrality of this core value in their lives. Reflect upon the behaviors just mentioned and listed in the pastoral plan which exemplify this core value of prayer. Consider adding some or all of these behaviors to your daily life. They reflect the lives of dedicated, intentional disciples and will lead to a deeper life in Christ and holiness. I would now I'd like to introduce our panel for today. Um, there are um, some folks, some nice folks from uh, St. Isaac Jogues Parish in Rapid City. So please introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Mike Halter. I've been a uh, member of the parish since the year 2000. I am involved, I am involved in many uh, things uh, from uh, altar server to uh, working in the third grade religious education program, which has been just such a reward for me. And my two daughters also help with it, and it is a great, uh, great pleasure. Hi, I'm Father Ed Witt. Uh, memory serves me. I've been pastor now for four years, I think, at St. Isaac Jokes. And I have to say, it's the best assignment I've had as a Jesuit. I really love it. I love the people. And it's uh, it brought out the best in my priest. It made me a better priest, I believe. Great, thank best you. Experience. I'm Jermaine Little Bear, 
And I, I've been a member of the parish for many, many years. I've been uh, lived in different places, but I've been back from Colorado for since 2003, and I've been a member of the parish St. Isaac Joe since then. I'm a lector, I'm an EME, and I also do adult education faith formation. And uh, it's, I mean, my husband's also a commissioned lay minister. I am a commissioned lay minister, and we are so grateful to be a part of the, the parish because it's just been just a, a foundational place for our prayer life. Great. Well, thank you for thank you for taking the time to, to be with us today. You know, today we're talking about um, you know, obviously coming from Chapter Four of um, um, the document on um, our pastoral priority plan through Him, with Him, and in Him. And um, so, Chapter Four is about values; they're forms of communication. And in that, as we move into the next chapter, it lists the core values. And I'll just go over those real quickly. We're not going to talk about all of them because we don't have enough time. Um, in, in this short segment, but the six core values out of, out of the diocesan priority plan, um, it begins with prayer, then stewardship, solidarity, mercy, charity, and the family. So today we'll just talk about the, these core values in general and um, we'll have a little conversation um, on, on the first core value of prayer. Yeah, one of the things I noted in the, um, um, in, 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 in the document through him, with him, and in him, there was a quote by a guy by the name of Dick Lyles. He was a radio host of Catholic Business Hour years ago, I think. And this is one of the things he said, and it kind of struck me. He said, don't tell me what you believe. Let me observe you for a week, and I will tell you what you believe. And so I think this is a good introduction, just, just quote in the sense about, about core values and how important they are. You know, for our lives as uh, as disciples of Jesus. So, anybody want to kind of jump in there? You know. You yeah, know? those those reflect uh, those values reflect what I've been taught. Uh, my parents, I came, I come from a big family, and my parents always, especially my mom, talked about how important prayer was, how important uh, gratitude for what God has given you, and forgiveness of your fellow man and try and treat everyone like you would like to be treated. Well, I think certainly as a pastor and as a priest, as a leader of the parish, I'm very much aware that it's not enough to talk the talk and to preach. You know, it, it has to be lived otherwise, because people are, are watching you and there's no credibility to the gospel. And so it's a challenge and it's a very humbling experience for me, you know, to realize that I've got to actually do what I, what I say and, and believe. You know, that's challenging. Well, I was really blessed with that. great examples in my life, I think, of, of prayer. You know, I had a, a grandmother who prayed the rosary every day and taught us how important that was and lived her religion. She didn't just talk it. She lived it, and she was a great example of my whole life. Plus the parish priests that have been part of my life that made themselves part of our family rather than just uh, going to church. And so, you know, to me, prayer to, is the number one thing that I think of when I first wake up. It isn't anything that I can start my day without prayer. So that is the, the guiding force in my life to note it for. And I've listened to Bishop many, many times talking about becoming intentional disciples. Through our faith formation class, do I talk to them also about the fact that we have to learn how to live our religion rather than just study it and learn and what we learn at church. But how do I apply it to my life? You know, when we look at these um, these core values, um, really, um, they, certainly they, they're personal values, no? I, I mean, I think, um, but I think that we as a diocese, if we're called to live this life of Christ, 
following the example of Christ, every one of these core values come from the gospel. You know, they're, they're, they're not just personal values, they're gospel values. And any values that we embrace in our life, you know, they're, they're, they, they influence and they guide all of our attitudes, they guide our behaviors, they, they guide all of our decisions. And somehow they serve as these guiding principles in, in how we choose. And always, it's always a choice to live out our call to discipleship. And so when we talk about prayer, we'll just, just kind of jump in on, on, the, on the one regarding prayer. Obviously, it's the first core value, and that was not coincidental that it was listed that way, um, because prayer, obviously, it's, found, it's the foundation of our life as, as, as disciples of Jesus. You know, I, I would maybe not even have to go out on a limb to say this, but if we're not praying, if prayer is not a part of our daily life, then we're not really living out our call to discipleship, no? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you think about prayer in your own life, Mike, what, what, why is that important to you? Oh, it, it's a guiding uh, spirit for me. And uh, I just remember I, I went to Catholic school. I thought I was being a good Catholic and doing this by following all the rules. And uh, after the first time my dad had to face a serious illness, and the Holy Spirit moved me to do something that I would have never, ever done. I knew right then and there that that's what's important, to follow that conscience in your mind and to do it. I don't think you'll ever be regretted. And since then, I pray every day. And as I've gotten older in life, it's more important to me and more fulfilling. Well, I really find it so much of my prayer as pastor and priest is for others, you know. And I've, I've got a, in my uh, bravery, I've got a, a list of people who are really have tremendous needs. You know, they might be sick, uh, or they might uh, have a, a relative who is in prison or jail. Uh, I have a, a good friend of my sister's uh, who's not all that. I don't see she's all that formally religious, but uh, I've been. She's losing the sight in her other eye. She's blind in one eye, and that's kind of been a grace moment to kind of renew our relationship. I talk to her. She lives in Seattle, and uh, and so I think uh, a prayer for me is really uh, it's not self-centered, but it's God-centered and other-centered. I, I, I don't find myself asking much for myself usually, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I just have the yeah. territory. <laughs> Everyone else is praying for you. Well, I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it's a deepening of my relationship with God. You know, I need to pray to deepen my relationship, which doesn't mean that I just pray. I need to study. I need to learn. I need to read. I need to, what I what I say to the people in my class and what, what we strive to do is be living prayers. You know, so that everything that I do in a day is a prayer, you know, to learn how to live in gratitude and what that means. You know, I'm very fortunate in the fact that I have my mother who lives with me. So right at the very beginning of the day, you know, I, I start out before she ever wakes up to say my rosary. And in that respect, I can think of all the people that need prayers, you know, that are in, in you know, health problems, loss of family, you know, uh, maybe separated from God, you know, not going to church or anything like that, or in the wrong track or whatever, and pray for their return or whatever it might be. But it's something that has to be conscious effort, 
you know, for me, prayer has to be conscious effort. It's something that I have to, it may be of a commitment to do and then to live, you know, because otherwise I don't think of it. You know, I can be distracted by so many things, but I need to concentrate. So I get the opportunity to serve my mother, my honor my mother at the very beginning of the day, you know, prepare her meals or whatever, get her ready for a shower, whatever. You know, one of the things I, I think sometimes, I think it's good to make a distinction between, uh, you know, when, when we talk about prayer, is to make a distinction between saying prayers and really engaging a relationship with Jesus. And I think Father Ed, you would recognize this quote from Father Pedro Arupe as being a fellow Jesuit. He talks about prayer as falling in love with Christ. And let me just kind of share this with all of us, with our listening, is nothing is more practical it's Father Pedro Arupe, nothing is more practical than finding God. That is, falling in love with God in a quite absolute way. He says, what you are in love with seizes your imagination. It will affect everything. It will decide what will get you out of bed in the morning. Right? What you will do with your evenings how you'll spend your weekends, what you read, who you know or who you hang around with, what breaks your heart and what amazes you with joy. So he says, fall in love, stay in love, and it will decide everything. Yeah, so foundationally, prayer is about an intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus. And just, you know, and sharing our hearts and minds, all that we are with the Lord in prayer, just like in a conversation with another individual. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and saying prayers is important, but I, I'm not certain that just saying prayers is going to draw us into this intimate encounter, no? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. I, you know, I go back to my younger days when I was in Catholic school. We prayed and prayed and prayed. I never knew sometimes, what are we praying for? And now as an adult, I know it. I pray for help. I want to be a better person. I want to be able to join my mom and dad in heaven. And I know I need help. I need all the help I can. It's held out to you like in the palm of a hand. And all you have to do is be accepting and, and try and learn all you can about prayer. Jermaine, you used two words that jumped out at me here. You, gratitude and consciousness, you know, in as a Jesuit, and this is not only for Jesuits, but any of us, the consciousness examine where our, our first step is, what are all the gifts that the Lord has given me, you know? And it's something we could, very simple, take for granted. Now, recently I've had this kind of this sciatic nerve, you know, and trying to get out, out of bed in the morning and uh, get dressed. Like, it's taken me like a half hour, you know? Like that. But, uh, so, Usually I would take that for granted, you know, getting out of bed is just something we do automatically. But that is, even that is a, is a gift, you know, mm-hmm. to be able to have health. And yeah. So gratitude is the first step in, in uh, what is all, the, all that the Lord has, has given, you know, spiritually, physically, and, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just overwhelming. And then being conscious, uh, and the more I think you practice the consciousness examine, the more attuned you are, and you see, you say, oh, it was the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. in this experience. Mm-hmm. It becomes very kind of intuitive, you know. Mm-hmm. So. The most important thing I know is that God has to be my primary relationship. I'm married and I have a husband, but he is not my primary relationship. Yeah, That's my, beautiful. Yeah. My primary relationship has to be God. 
<laughs> when God enables me to love my husband exactly the way he is. Because right. none of us is perfect. And I can't love other people without the help of God. You know, so God has to be my primary relationship. Absolutely. You know, I think that, uh, you know, marriage, we might get a little off the subject here, but marriage, you know, they bless. You're blessed. It's an institution. It's all of these things. But God gave you that partner. And when you realize that he is helping you join together to be together forever, raise a family, and it doesn't happen overnight. I think... A lot of people think, oh, we're married, we're blessed, we're on our way. No, there's going to be problems. But he's there, the spirit is, or someone is there to help you through, and you have to accept each other. My wife and I were just talking the other day, and she cut a brownie, and she says, man, I love the outside of the brownies. And I said, I don't. I like the inside. <laughs> she said, maybe that's why we've been married for 42 years. <laughs> exactly, I did too. And the more, the merrier those brownies. <laughs> yes. She has that recipe down, too. You know, Henry Nowen, he's one of my... I've read so many books by him in, in, in the years of my priesthood. And um, he wrote in this book, as I quoted, I quote him in, in my, um, in this through him, with and, and in him. But in a book entitled, In the Name of Jesus, Reflection on Christian Leadership, he wrote these words. He said, at the heart of any Christian leadership. And so I would say, you know, at the heart of any Christian discipleship. I mean, aren't they the same, really? So at the heart of any Christian leadership is this, and this is where I quote. He says, an ardent desire to dwell in God's presence. Yeah. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. To listen to God's voice. Sometimes we have a hard time because we spend too much time talking and we don't want to listen, right? Mm -hmm. But to listen to God's voice, to look at God's beauty, to touch God's incarnate word, and to taste fully God's infinite goodness. Isn't that beautiful? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I mean, if, our, if, if we can allow our hearts to live yeah. there, yeah. then we will, we will live in constant gratitude for yes. everything. Yeah. There will be no suffering that we will look upon as a burden. Mm -hmm. Because, right? Yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. because we know the Lord will be, will be walking with us and, and oftentimes carrying us. Yeah. You know, so it's it's it comes back to this prayer as being this this deep relationship with the Lord, and let and our hearts are yearning for for a deeper intimacy. You know, we've never arrived, right? We will we can never say this side of eternity that we have arrived to the depth of this relationship, and so there's always more. Sometimes we can kind of become complacent, I think, and just kind of settle for less. You know, we can settle for oh, this is just the way it is, and you know, and. And, and our hearts might not really desire more because we don't know that our hearts should be desiring more. Yeah, yeah huh? possibly. If you don't work at it. <laughs> if, you don't, if, you, if you don't work at it. For career, I managed to get frustrated because I didn't think that, well, why isn't God really saying something? You know? And then my spiritual director said, you know, yet God has already spoken massively. And so I think we, for me, that was saying, um, I don't have to hear something new, but I, I need to maybe, like Kellogg's cornflakes, taste them again for the first time. <laughs> Back to the scripture yeah. and to, and, and to be, be content with being silent and peaceful with the Lord, you know, contemplating his face and 
uh, not always having to get some message or but I but in the daily exam and I look and I said he thought I can hear the Lord speaking very clearly you know like I have little nagging kinds of things that irritate me about my health and then I realize Deacon Marlin so, suffering yeah. and uh, yeah. I said, stop whining you know yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you know I just went through two years I had a hip replaced and a knee replaced and uh, it not you know it's like a common thing now but I just had some difficulties and when I see the love that my wife had and my immediate family for me, it was just super gratifying. And maybe that was God's way of saying, listen, this is an opportunity. And are you going to make something out of it? Or are you going to be cranky like your dad would be? And boy, thank God I went the other way. Because that 42 years might have been over because my wife just took absolute great care of me. And it gave me a time to read. I love to read. I don't have a lot of time to read. I had two years to read. And I read about the church fathers, uh, several of the saints. And it really, really was a reward for so, me. Like St. Ignatius. When he yes. The cannonball. Yes. That's that's right. Right. Absolutely. That's right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And I read the Bible, too. And I think I read the Bible in such a new light that it was just Fantastic, fantastic. You know, Father Ed, you talked just a few minutes ago regarding about you know, the prayer as being sometimes, you know, you're wanting something to happen. And you wanted to hear God's voice loud and clear, like he's like talking to you directly. And, you know, and, you know, oftentimes, you know, I think sometimes prayer is challenging for people because, because, we're afraid of silence. We don't know what to do in the silence. I mean, our, our whole lives every day are bombarded with noise. I mean, I just think, how many of the listeners today, or how many of us get up, the first thing we do in the morning is turn on the radio or the television. And then we go through, get ready with all of that on, and we get in a car, you know, the radio's on, we drive to work with the radio on, we get into work, whatever, and there's all this other noise and activity going on. Where we don't, we never allow ourselves to live in silence long enough. I think to become accustomed to it, mm -hmm. and people are afraid of silence. They don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, to sit in the presence of Jesus mm -hmm. in silence. I've had people ask me when we talk about like Eucharistic adoration. I mean, it is sitting in the presence of Jesus, and people have asked me, well, "What do I do? Yeah. You know, what do I do? You know, well, I share my desires with the Lord. You know." And then I be quiet and let him share his desire with me. Am I going to hear some some word? I, you know, who knows? That's up to him. You know, but it's it's not something that I have to count on because, you know, prayer is not about productivity. You know, that's the whole thing. People think they have to produce something. If they get something, they have to get something out of it. They have to, so they're putting time into it in order to get something out of it. But prayer, if you really think about it, this is an example that someone gave me a long time ago, and it stuck with me since then it's, you know prayer is like you know two people they've been married 70 years right that's a long time to be married right and they're driving down the road on vacation right mm -hmm. and there's no talking in the car they're just sitting there in silence and someone asks well how come you don't talk doesn't it bother you that no one's talking mm -hmm. and one of them says no it's not at all the silence is beautiful he said they said it's just enough for me 
to be in the presence of the other. That's mm -hmm. all I need. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what prayer is. It's just it's being in the presence of Jesus. And nothing else matters. And it's not important that I'm trying to hear something or it's just, you know, gazing upon the Lord knowing how much he loves me. It's like this wife in the car gazing upon her husband. They've been married 70 years knowing how much he loves her. That's enough, you know? And then we allow the Lord to move our hearts and to form our hearts and draw our hearts deeper into his. And, and words, words aren't necessary. I think when you're in the presence of a good friend, you're comfortable and you don't have to feel like you have to fill the gaps. Right. Reach for filler, you know, you're just yeah. with them. Prayer is not about productivity, it's yeah. about fidelity yeah. to a relationship. Yeah. No? Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I am a human being, I need God. If it wasn't him being a human being, I would Bingo. Say that again, that's beautiful. <laughs> because I'm a human being, I need God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Without him, I can't do anything, right? Without God, I can't do anything. Right. You can move and have your being. That's right, absolutely. I can't get up in the morning, right, without God. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. And because of my weakness, I will always need God because I am a sinner. Yeah. I'm, I can't ever know that I can't can do I without him. Can I put a little him? plug for a, a little book that I think is really helpful for you, prayer. You can. Good. Uh, Father Bill Berry, uh, New England Jesuit. Oh, yeah. It's a real simple book. It's called Praying the Truth. Mm -hmm. And I like that book because it says when you come before the Lord, don't hold anything back. Don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or, you know, if you're angry, you know, or you're dealing with issues of sexuality, you know, things you want to sweep under the rug, whatever it might be, don't be afraid. You know, the Lord listens. He's big enough to take your how you really feel. Mm -hmm. But, you know, getting the truth out there mm -hmm. and then letting the Lord respond. Uh, and he looks at these various aspects of human life where we tend to want to mm -hmm. kind of pussyfoot around God <laughs> and not really get to what's really, where we're really living and what's inside of us. Yeah. Thus, I think the Lord wants, wants to know how we feel. Yeah. Cares about us. Right. He, you know, I have this many times with my own with my own spiritual director. I'll bring like so the one I tell, well, what's going on in your life? <laughs> I say, well, this is this and this, and and he says, well, you know, what does the father say about that? And I think, well, well, that's a really good question. I, I don't think that I shared that with the father. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, don't you think you should? You know. Because it's important for us to, you know, to relate whatever's in our hearts to the Lord, relate it to Him. You know, He knows anyway, but it's not about Him hearing it as much as us about sharing it with Him. Because this isn't a relationship about us sharing, yeah. you know? You know, you may, want to, you may share something with your spouse and the spouse already knows about it, right? Mm -hmm. But there's, there's something about you wanting or needing to share that with your spouse. Well, well we, we need, there's a need in our own hearts to share everything in our hearts with our spouse, the Lord, you know? Yeah. And so that we can, you know, we, we acknowledge, why don't we acknowledge what's going on in our hearts? That's important to acknowledge it, and then we relate it. We share it with the Lord and invite the Lord into it, whatever it is. Lord, be with me in this joy today. Yeah. Be within this happiness and this beautiful, be with me within this gratitude that I'm experiencing over what you've given to me, so that he can deepen the gratitude. Lord, be with me in this discouragement I'm experiencing. Why would that be important? 
so he can minister to my own heart in the discouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, perfect love transforms it all, mm -hmm. you know, into love. And then I can respond out of that. Yeah. You know, in a, in a way that I would not respond otherwise, right. without exactly. having first received from him. See, I always, uh, I always think uh, that sometimes we get God and make him too complicated, and it's you know he gives and we should receive, and we give, and, and I think he receives, and uh, we go on from there. And and I finally quit in my life trying to figure things out. I just put that trust in God, and we're going forward. And uh, whatever's going to stop us is going to stop us, but we're going to get around that, and that's the prayer. That's yeah. why that prayer that's is right. so important. One thing that I think that we always have to know, too, I do, is is that prayer doesn't isn't boring, right? And living a prayer is not boring, you know, because we need to uh, be mature in self in, in, uh, uh, body, soul, and spirit, right? You know, so we also have a, a, a life of entertainment, right? Or joy or something that we might do, a hobby or whatever it might be. You know, I think that has to be a part of our whole life too. And not just, you know, going to church, doing the, the tasks that are at hand, but also we have to include some kind of enjoyment in our life too. And that's part of you know, being involved mm -hmm. in community life, right? Yeah. And with others, and how do I respond to that? How do I see myself in relation to others? Yeah. You know, how do I see myself in relation? How do I know that if I just don't get myself involved in something? You know, you know just from our conversation here, I can tell all of you, like, are, you deeply love the Lord. You're very faith-filled people. Prayer is, a, prayer is an important part of your daily life. Yes. You know, what do you say to people when they say, you know, how many times have I heard, you know, we, we live in a life that's, that's filled with the busyness of daily living, mm -hmm. and we're being pulled, pulled in so many different directions all the time by various activities of our life. And so what do, what do you say to someone that says, you know, yeah, that's great, I would love to pray more, but I don't really have time. Oh, yeah. What? What? what, what how I do you say that? Because it's it's a it's a, it's a common it's a common. I mean, that's a common yeah. that's a common statement. Oh I wish I had time to pray more, or I don't really have time to pray. And you know, so how do you how, how would you respond to that? I I mean, why do you have so much more time to pray and someone else doesn't? I I <laughs> yeah, exactly. I would tell people that that's a priority in my life. It's like the number one priority in my life my relationship with God. And from that, everything else comes out. I want to be helpful. I want to do this. I want to take care of my fellow man. I want to teach people about God. I want to help my community. I want to help my parish. But from, for me, that comes from me starting my relationship with God, praying to him every day and reading scripture. And I, you know, and also try to attend other events, you know, not just mass. Right. Yeah, and, and, and there's so many things that you get out of those that it's wonderful. Yeah. It means getting up a half hour early yeah. or whatever. <laughs> there you pray. go. That's, that's, that's what's necessary. Uh, you know. My mom got up at 4 o'clock in the morning so she could pray, went to work at 7.30. Yes. And you know what? The kids weren't supposed to get up and come and disturb her. That was her time. Yeah. I she... get up before everybody does because that's my time to pray. And, and how I read this book totally was I read a little bit every day, you know, yeah. out of something that's important. So before that's, you know it, the whole book's read. You know, yep. taking, a, taking that time at yeah. least a half hour. So it's making the sacrifices necessary yeah. 
to grow and to develop and to pursue a relationship. Right. Isn't that what right. it is, yeah. really? Right. Fall in love with God. You, you can't just yeah. do nothing. You know, <laughs> I, look, I look at what families do now for kids in athletics, and I think if they would take half of that time and put it into a relationship with it's God, or you're yeah, not going to miss yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, or something. Man, spiritual. Just think what would happen with the younger people or yeah. the younger crowd. I mean, and, and, and their eyes would be open. Yeah. Now, they're, I'm not saying they're bad kids, yeah. but the deal is, is they put all of this time. You know, I know people that their their schedule is built. I got to get this boy here, there, that, and there. You could take them to church and pray with them for 15 minutes and do any better something so great for them other than taking them to the practices to this or that, you know. But that's a hard battle. That's a hard one when you start talking about that. They give you the cross-eyed look like you're crazy. You know, I think it's important to be practical and realistic to set a realistic, you know, if you're going to set uh, goals that really can't be reached, you're going to be frustrated. But exactly. to do something, you know, yeah. that, that's why I think the, I really push the examen, middle of the day and at the end of the day, you know, when, you, when you've got the time, and everybody's circumstances are different. We're not all monks, you know, a Jesuit prayer is different than a dictum prayer, labor. So I think you've got to adapt it to, mm-hmm. to fit you. Mm-hmm. But it has to be a priority. Yeah. You know, it has to be. You know, it's like, like physical exercise, you know. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Once you get into the habit, you know, you'll do it, you know, and, and somebody says, well, you, you, you really lost a lot of weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little upsetting. We would say, well, your prayer, you look a little bit holier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what you you smile a lot more. <laughs> than you what, what has changed? Where was that yeah. grumpy face yeah. you had a month yeah. ago? Yeah. Wow. Well, you drive by McDonald's, it has no appeal to you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, panel, we run out of time. A half hour is come and gone so quickly. Wow. Um, but I want to conclude, um, you know, I thank you for your participation um, in this, and um, I hope our listeners have enjoyed it as well. But, you know, certainly as prayer is one of the core values in, this, in our diocesan priority plan. And again, these values are these guiding principles um, to help us live out our call to discipleship and to holiness. And with every core value, there are behaviors which exemplify this core value. So I'm going to leave today with, with some, some behaviors which exemplify this core value of prayer to our listeners, and hopefully that will help them to continue to develop and grow in their own relationship with the Lord. And so the first and the first behavior is we, we will pray unfailingly each day for a new, renewed personal encounter with Jesus. So every day we're asking the Lord, Lord, give me this a renewed, a new personal encounter with you. Secondly, we will actively join in the celebration of the Sunday Eucharist weekly and regularly participate in the sacramental life of the church. So if we really desire this relationship with the Lord Jesus, then the sacramental life of the church are key. We cannot say we have a deep relationship with the Lord without the Eucharist. It's not possible. Or without confession. Okay, because those are found those are foundation stones to a relationship with the Lord. Another one, we will reflect daily with the Word of God. So God's Word, if we want to hear God, we need to listen, we need to read His Word, and He'll, he'll speak to us through this living Word. It's not something that's written 2,000 years ago. It's a living Word that's alive today. Exactly. Uh, another behavior is we will turn to our Mother Mary and the saints as models of prayer and intercessors. 
we should be asking Our Lady, we should be asking Mary and the other saints, you know, to teach us how to pray, you know, to teach us how to engage this relationship as you did, and to ask them for, for, the, for their intercession that they pray for us, that we'll be drawn deeper into this relationship. And the last behavior is we will regularly participate in the devotional life of the church. For example, Eucharistic adoration, or the rosary, or the liturgy of the hours, or the stations of the cross, or the divine mercy chaplet. These are just some examples, some behaviors that will help um, exemplify this core value of prayer. And um, so if we engage these types of behaviors in our daily lives, then we will grow in holiness, we will grow in a deeper love for the Lord, we will experience his love more deeply in our lives, and then we will be, the Lord will lead us to become disciples that we have been called to be. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Let us close. Let us close in prayer. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go now in the peace of Christ. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.